Hello, everyone. This is Ed K. Smith, the co-host of The Asset Show with the host, Mr. Rob K. Hello, Rob. How are you? Good, mate. Fantastic. And we are very privileged today to have the co-founder and CEO of LuxuryEscapes.com, Mr. Adam Schwab, on the show. Hello, Adam. How are you? Ed, Rob, how are you going? Good, Adam. Thanks for coming on. Uh, yes, it's, it's great having you on. Um, we've, we've had one of your mates on the show before, Gabby, Gabby Leibovitz. So, uh, and we, he, he was on the old version of the show on the domain show a couple of years back now. And, uh, we, we, we spoke about luxury escapes all the way back then. And your name was, was mentioned. So, uh, I thought I'll wait two years and get you on. Um, <laughs> so you know, at least we're efficient with our activity of getting on guests. So, uh, <laughs> That, that's my You're on our list. We get to you at one point. That's it. Uh -huh. be, be, better late than ever. And also, Adam has a fantastic podcast that I listen to called From Zero uh, that you can you can find on all the good um, podcasting platforms like Apple and um, others. <laughs> um, and that is uh, where he interviews founders and gets sort of real stories behind their successes and different uh, struggles and setbacks that they've had. So it gets down to the the brass tacks of things because you know not everything is rosy in business that's for sure so um but we wanted to have adam on today to discuss uh luxury escapes and in particular a couple of things the the use of the dot-com domain luxuryescapes.com and how that is viewed as an asset but also another side topic um the topic of staff for your business and how they are uh, assets and there's a, an article that's just come out today in the Sydney uh, Herald Sun. Uh, is it the Sydney Herald Sun or just the Herald Sun? Anyway, the Herald Sun, we'll put a link to it uh, where Adam is featured in that article. And he's also got a picture of himself. Uh, what looks like at a, a, a barbecue food fest with a pair of tongs, but that's another story. We'll get, we'll get the details of that in a, in a sec. So Rob, have you got anything um, First off, on your head that you would like to ask Adam. Well, um, it's clear that Luxury Escapes is um, a, an incredibly successful brand. Um, what, what I always get interested in is you obviously didn't just buy luxuryescapes.com and then just start this amazing company. Um, what did you do before that? Yeah, it's, a, it's actually a really good point. Uh, I won't spend too much time in the... In the sort of back history because we had a few non-digital businesses first so mm -hmm. I think what's probably more relevant is we started a brand called called deals.com uh .com .au back in 2000 sorry go back further we started a brand called zupon.com.au oh, in 2009 okay. uh, which sounds a lot like scoopon you mentioned gabby leverich they own yes scoopon.com and gabby and hezzy famously bought groupon.com.au and squatted yes. on that and i think sold it back for a couple million bucks to groupon I wrote it at the same time. So Gabby and Hezzy and I are all obviously very good friends these days. And back then, we were just another another upstart and those guys were going pretty well. And so we were called Zupon. They were called Scoopon. Groupon was suing Scoopon and they then sued us. So Groupon was suing Scoopon, <laughs> Scoopon suing Zupon. Uh, we oh, my. They weren't completely without, without basis. We did uh, do some pretty similar things to them in the site. And then it was... We also bought a site called Deal Scoop. During my co-founder bought a site called Deal Scoop. I think mean, that's what, what pushed Hesse over the line. So they ended up suing us. We ended up settling for, for not much and just changed the name to deals.com.au. Okay. So it was, it was a much better name. Anyway. And that all so got sorted out. 
Yeah, I saw that actually pretty quickly. Uh, and then we then obviously we met Hezzy the first time, probably two years later, and we did a we did a business with them called um, Just that, Just Eat. Um, sorry, called Eat Now. It was bought by Just Eat. Um, yeah. So we, we became friends a couple of years later, but uh, it was an interesting first meeting. Uh, but anyway, so so we, we were originally a business called deals.com.au, soup and we, and we sold local, a, a group on clone, one of the 82 group on clones in, in Australia. So we sold local, local deals to restaurants, day spas, accommodation, a whole host of things, hairdressers. Uh, and as part of that, we did some travel stuff and we realized travel was getting sort of better and better. So we, we, um, we had that, Travel businesses as part of deals.com. We then bought a business called Kudo. Uh, oh, yes. Nine yeah. MSN. They owned a business called Getaway Lounge. I'm mentioning a few businesses here. I hope it's not too confusing. But so we, we yeah. inherited a business called Getaway Lounge. So if you paint the picture, this is in 2012, we had this deals business, but the best part of the deals business was travel. So we had travel oh, as wow. part of deals, it could be Thailand deals, Bali deals, whatever. Mm, we yeah. knew at the time, and Jeremy, my, my co founder, is very much sort of into domain names and and we, we knew that the deals.com.au brand was, was great for local stuff, but wasn't so good for the, for the, court, the big hotel. So a Ritz-Carlton, Intercontinental, a Hilton, a Hyatt, don't really want to be on the same side as cheap fish and chip joints at, at Parramatta. So we needed yeah. to create a new brand anyway. At the same time, we bought this getaway lounge business from 9MSN. And David Gingell, who was running it at the time, who's a lovely guy, said, Happy to sell you this stuff, guys, but you can't keep the Getaway Lounge brand because we, we have a show called Getaway. So it was completely uh, fair yeah. enough. Uh, yes. So we, we needed to transition off Getaway Lounge anyway. We knew we needed to transition off deals.com.au. So we were looking for a new brand name. And I think I, I can't remember if it was myself or Jeremy came up with Saw Luxury Escapes. And it was owned by actually a travel agent out of Sydney, funnily enough. And we ended up buying it for, I think it was 100 grand. Uh, so we paid 100 grand, same price as deals.com.au, ironically. And started yeah. this, this luxury escapes business, uh, this brand, I should say, and allowed us to just have a much cleaner product and we have a fresh brand, a new start, all the stuff we'd learned mm. over the past two years, deals have come, all the mistakes we made, we hopefully didn't make them again in this part of luxury escape. So started with a much cleaner business, much cleaner brand, and, and we sort of just took off from there. This is, so this was 2013, actually. Yeah, well, we okay. love hearing those stories. Um, we've had Sean McGowan on the on the old show as well, where he talked about he he had a, um, a car loan business called Beep, like beeperhorn.com.au. And after a couple of years, then he upgraded it to, to carloans.com.au. Um, mm. So the same, same with you guys, you started with deals and then you, you, you learned so much and then you figured out we better um, upgrade our brand and then you put some money down to buy the better brand. And then you, it, it, it's cool that you get to kind of start again, but with all this knowledge from the other and all the mistakes 100%. that you've learned. Yeah, it was mistakes. It was, and there's all sorts of mistakes. And you guys speak to plenty of business owners. But there was, there was obviously mistakes that influenced the business model. So when we have a local business, which is a, in many ways a great business, but in some ways it was a terrible business because the average basket size was 50 bucks. And then you had some, a lot of churn because you sell yeah. vouchers for a massage joint and the, and the owner would shut up shop two days later and have to refund everyone, which was terrible for everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah, so there was there was a bunch of stuff that we learned. There was how do you treat customers? How do you how do you hire staff? How do you design web? All this stuff that we sort of had a great apprenticeship. So we had a, a previous business that was offline that, that was part apprenticeship, but the real apprenticeship was the deals that come that used stuff. So we learned a heap and we just tried not to make, I'm sure we made plenty of those mistakes again, but we tried to make a lot less mistakes with luxury escapes, especially in terms of customer. We've got we've always had a great 
uh, great relationship with customers. And part of that was because we over, always over-indexed in customer service and, and also, also customer sales. So we do still invest very heavily. We've got our queue back down to pretty much zero now. So you can pretty much get through straight away as opposed to most other, you guys try calling Qantas or Jetstar or any of those businesses lately, you're probably, yeah. or the overseas airlines even worse, can be up for weeks to get through. So we can, yeah. now, can now call us straight away. So there's a lot of things that That's we've great. learned the hard way uh, that we've really over-invested in since. Fantastic. Even I'd like to- Go on, Ed. Sorry, mate. I was going to say, I'd like to just go back to the bit where you said you paid 100k for uh, the the domain because you you said that very nonchalantly. Um, and to a lot of listeners out there, they're going shit 100k for the .com. Now we know that you know that's a that's a good investment in the business and it's an asset. Can you just break that down a little bit? How did that process work? Because you said someone else had it. And it was a, yeah. a local Australian company. Was that a long process? Did it take five minutes? How, can you give us a bit of a story on yeah, that? Yeah, we're going back nine years now. So I'm slightly hazy on some of the details, but we bought right. a bunch of them. We'd already bought a bunch of domain names. So we bought deals.com.au for hundred grand as well. It was up to that magic mm-hmm. number. So, and Jeremy, my co-founder, generally did all this stuff. He's, he's been sort of trading domain names for, 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 for a while, even at that point. So yep. and he was, he was very bullish on the value of domains. So we actually bought it, but we bought deals. Like I know we, we own deal.com.au, which hasn't turned out to be such a good investment. Uh, we also own, oh, there's a couple other similar court vouchers. Or there's a few similar vouchers. There's a few similar derivations of, of that sort of coupon voucher brand name. Uh, so we had already bought a bunch of brand names. Deals.com was a good buy, other ones not so good, clearly. Um, and we needed a new brand. And just some, we somehow came across Luxury Escapes. It was owned by, I think it was a travel agent called FirstClass.com, but it was something like that. So a high-end mm-hmm. travel agent out of Sydney. Weren't used, wasn't using the Luxury Escapes domain. So I had no real value to them in having it. And we obviously had learned the value of domain and had a, had a functioning business. So we actually had, it's actually what was Luxury Escapes as part of deals.com they use. And for us, it wasn't really risky because we, we really had the business. It was just a matter of flicking it over. So we yeah, did yeah. that. Uh, so it was, a, it was a much easier transition than someone just bought. I think her name's Tina. I've met her as well. She owns some it's gold. Tina. Yeah, it was, it was Tina. Yeah, it was yeah, they, yeah, I've met her as well in Sydney and she's got that yeah. office there with, on, on the water. Yeah, well, we did it over the phone, I think. But um, okay. yeah, so she's obviously a pretty good operator and, and had a she's, bunch of names. But She's still got some great names now. We should get her on the yeah. show. Yeah, there you go. We'll add her to the yeah. list. There, <laughs> there, there you go. And yeah. Um, yeah, so look, you ended up obviously negotiating back and forth. Um, uh, did, do you remember whether you put in a much lower offer than 100K to oh, start I'm with? I'm sure, I'm sure he would have. Jeremy would have done all that because it was very much his, his specialty. Yeah. But okay. I, I presume we would have bit sort of 15 or 20 and, and I think she was pretty firm on 100. I, it could have been more than 100. I'm pretty sure it was 100. Okay, I think, um, yeah. Pretty good. From memory. Yeah, so I think yeah, it was yeah, a, yeah. It was a, I think it was a pretty fair deal. It was good result for her. Especially dot com as well. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, it's yeah. yeah, it's a it's a great term, memorable two word domain name that's a dot com. So yeah, I think it's, that it's good. For... And I mean, there's there's always two sides. So like, obviously, it's a recognisable name. We've invested very heavily. We've probably put hundreds of million dollars in marketing in as well. So there's, there's a bit of that. Of but, course. Like the downside to luxuryscapes.com is people assume that, or well, some people I think think that it's too luxury for them so we sell everything from 100 bucks a night to ten thousand a night so luxury is different things different people so the, the yeah. challenge we face we still face is some people oh, i can't go to luxury escapes because i can't worry about the afford it when we actually because a lot of the model is, is discount driven uh you can go to bali for 200 bucks a night staying in an incredible five-star hotel which is cheaper than you pay in a fraction of what you pay in 
three star yeah. hotel in Noosa at the moment. So I think yeah, it yeah. sometimes works against us. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's still it's still luxury, but it's more value luxury. So it's yeah, luxury that, and the, value. It's not just luxury. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So the marketing side is is critically important. Um, and I think there's very few domain names that don't need some degree of education about what actually sits behind the name of what the what the business is. Um, sometimes the more generic the name is, it can be actually more misleading or harder. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's a, a good lesson for people to learn when they're thinking Absolutely. of buying a name. What does that name, what does the message of that name, if someone just looked at the domain name, uh, would it be confusing? Would it be not confusing? Things like that. So that's that's some good, good input for people who are sort of looking at getting a name to start a business. So, so um, Rob, sorry, I interrupted you before. Sorry, mate, you were going to ask a question. I lost that track, but that's okay. Your 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 question was better than mine. I should just, um, I should just add, guys, just on that point, we were talking about names. So domain names obviously important, but that's not the whole story. Trademarks no. are, crit are critically important as well. So yes. we own yep. the .com, but we've had issues with trademarks globally in various different regions, which cost us millions of dollars. So having simply yeah. owning a .com for, for listeners is, is, is important, but it doesn't mean you own free rights to that name completely. There Absolutely, can be other issues yeah. if you own the trademark. Especially when yeah, it's yeah. so generic, because I mean, Luxury Escapes is quite generic, but it's an amazing brand and you guys own it. And we know Ed and I always do our due diligence and, um, and, and check branding as well for our clients. We, we did notice that you guys do own um, luxuryescapes.com.au as well, which is obviously mm -hmm. smart. You want to tie down as much as you can. We bought that subsequently. So we actually didn't own, we didn't own the Luxury Escapes business name for some years. We bought that probably 2016, 17, maybe. So oh. we, we had the .com. Um, and we, I think we bought, it was a gentleman in Queensland. So we, I think we ended up buying the .au and the name from him. So we had the company. We didn't have a business name. So there's, there's obviously a few layers, as you, as you guys know, yeah. to, to intellectual property. And simply owning the domain name is, is maybe 25% of it. There's okay. obviously a bunch of stuff that, that, of that course. founders now think about. Yeah, yeah. We, we often talk about uh, that the, the domain name is the, the foundation and we use the example of Times Square. You can have a vacant lot in Times Square and you could have a hot dog stand on that vacant lot or you could have a 100-storey building on that vacant lot. So the foundation is there, but what you build on it, is a whole different story Absolutely. and the time and energy and marketing and cost. So um, it's only the starting point. It's it's not the be all and end all once you have a domain name. So we're 100% in 100% yeah. in agreement with that. Yeah. And and of course that's just the start of the process. I mean Rob and I know that very well. <laughs> yeah. And we we often have these conversations with people that own hundreds of domains who think they're going to go and develop them all. We go nah. You know, yeah. you might, you may get around to two or three or four in your lifetime if you do them really well. And even mm. that would be a push. So it's yeah. a little bit delusional that people think they're going to have all these domain names and go and develop them all out into these big businesses. That's a good segue, actually, Ed. Um, so, Adam, do, do you guys run any anything else on premium domain names or are you you're just focused and, and concentrating on dominating in the luxury escapes? Genre? Yeah. We, we, we have owned a bunch of other businesses with Gabby and Hezzy actually now, Scoobon, Pudo, Deals.com. Maybe Deals is the only sort of generic name there. Uh, but that's largely, those businesses have, have largely um, supported travel business now. So Luxury Escapes heading towards a billion in TTV. So it's certainly the majority of our focus now. Uh, and that's probably a, a pretty common sort of trend in, 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 in any business that you do 
how do you focus on what you do well rather than sort of spread your focus across a bunch of different things? So we do try and focus on on what we're pretty good at. Question again, just yeah. So 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 what what got you interested in starting your from zero podcast? Because that's something that um, you're obviously doing on on the side of all this. And, and yeah, and what is it, from is zero? a time consuming. Yeah, yeah. Give, give us a backstory on that guys. one. Uh, so yeah, well, uh, pre oh, even as. So I was originally a lawyer going back to 17, 18 years. And then we, I stopped being a lawyer. I started doing businesses with my co-founder. And then as part of that, I had a lot of time. So I started doing some writing. So over the years, doing more and more business writing for mostly for an online magazine called Crikey. But then I've also written for, for Fairfax and News Corp and all the pretty broad range of uh, publications. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote a book in 2010 uh, called Pigs of a Trough. Uh, which focused okay. on sort of collapses from the GFC and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, and I've done a bit of TV stuff. So I've always had a sort of interest in business commentary, business corporate governance, business use. Uh, and then I guess as part of that, uh, the sort of an extension was being a founder myself, just having a chat to other founders about their story, a bit like Guy Raz's podcast, How I Built This, which is sort of the global leader in the space. There's been hundreds of imitators of Guy. I'm one of them. Uh, but I've got pretty good access to, to founders in Australia and and thereabouts so thought a founders interview in founders can be quite interesting so yeah, i started doing it with with the guys at listener who are a great team and have a great product and, and do a really good job so just sort of went from there so i've had done films like 25 30 episodes not, not as many as you guys but it's sort of getting there it's kind of just something i do on the side to, to hopefully inspire some people to, to create a business or, or yeah, improve right. their business. Give, so. give back some of your experience and and some stories of your successes and, and mistakes yeah, it's, it's it's obviously not really about me. It's more about about the talent who I'm speaking to. But yeah, yeah, being able to having been through the journey, when you've been through the journey yourself, you sort of have a bit of an understanding of, of the bits that are more likely interesting. Uh, so it's helpful, I think, having having lived through it myself to be able to speak to to some of the great entrepreneurs. Like the Greg Roebuck, who founded Car Sales. Spoke to um, the guys who the, the Linktree guys just, just last week. Spoke to Dom Holland, who found the fast and before he collapsed. So had all sorts of guests through the show. Um, who have been incredible. So, like Paul Bassett from Seek and Squarepeg. So, just be able to speak yeah. to some of these, these incredible business people. Uh, Carolyn Creswell from, from Carmen's, which we started from nothing uh, and grew a global brand. So, being able to speak to these superstar business people and, and just understand how their journey, understand their journey, the challenges they faced, and, and hopefully be able to sort of inform listeners on, on just, just the fact they're not alone. Uh, it's a, a resource that surprisingly, a lot of people I talk to don't think of using um, books have always been in the past. Obviously I think mm-hmm. some, something that someone would read, um, but Absolutely. podcasts are fantastic. And some of the stuff that gets revealed on podcasts is like, you're not hearing it anywhere else. Yeah. Um, Cause uh, particularly if a guest comes on and they're, they're relaxed and they, they like you as the host often they'll, cause Gabby let a few things slip with us yeah. that were world firsts. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the reasons rob and i do this is for for that reason it's um to help educate the marketplace and what we do so it's it's a great medium it's It's a one-to-one meeting if someone's ears someone will listen to this and hopefully get something out of it but yeah it's it's that great intimate uh medium it's far more intimate than than radio or newspaper or anything like that yeah absolutely and a, a lot of the content can be evergreen so you know what someone learned as a as a as a business founder is still mm-hmm. practical probably in 10 or 15 years time um Absolutely. so that's that's brilliant um, but as i mentioned earlier in the, in the intro uh 
today on the, the day of recording this, the 30th of May, 2022, you were featured in the Herald Sun newspaper in Australia uh, with an article called Half of Our Public Servants Stay Home. Um, and that's all to do with talking about staff and having, where they work from and should they come back to the office. And, and, and one of the things that I talk about with a lot of people is staff are an asset. Um, I think a lot of business owners don't see their staff as assets for some weird reason. Um, so tell us a bit about the article. What was, how did you get involved in, in that one? Uh, so I think your point's a really good one about the, the staff being assets. We can talk about it in a second, but I, think, I, I can't remember how the article came about, but we've been pretty outspoken on the work from home piece. And I don't think talk about work from home in general, and it kind of leads to your other point, but certainly through, I guess being a travel business, we have a particular, obviously, yeah. A particular bent, so that's that's why we're, we're and we can, I don't want to talk too much about the sort of COVID restrictions we have for two years and the, and the stupidity of them because we'll be here, they'll take up the whole podcast. But we were certainly, yeah. I, I say from my personal perspective, very sort of maybe not initially the first month or so, but certainly from April 2020, the futility of lockdowns and mask wearing was pretty clear in the data. Yet we did it for two years, so yep. there was there was a, a cornucopia of stupidity that happened over this journey. So, and one of them was the, the force working from home. So we've always been, absolutely, I've always been uh, anti-work from home. But then if you look deeper, there's, there's multiple reasons why we think this, this I guess that the work from home just isn't in the best interest of the, of the team or, or the business. So if you look at the team, there's, there's a number of reasons why working from home is just, just negative for, for start. The mental health reasons alone justifies the, the, the craziness of it. So, the American Psychiatrist Institute did a uh, association did a, did a study of a thousand people working from home just back in 2021, so a year ago, mid-pandemic, and they found that working from home significantly increased isolation and loneliness, which is no surprise, and it also increased the, the, the difficulty of detaching from work. So you always feel like you're working, even if you're not. So there was, even though businesses didn't think staff were working, staff felt they were, like they were always working. So from a mental health perspective, it was terrible. From a, a collaboration perspective we know it's terrible you can't there's no inspiration you're not working next year you're, you're over this ridiculous zoom meeting which is okay for a podcast but terrible but for, for a new person starting work it's almost impossible to onboard somebody over over a zoom so it's terrible from that respect 30 percent of people meet their partner at work we know that, that marriage or, or long-term partnership is one of the most productive things you can do from an economic perspective that's 30% of people potentially not meeting their partner or meeting a partner who's potentially not as appropriate for them. So that's another reason. Then you've got then you've got the ability to get a promotion. One of the great ways to get a promotion is simply being in front of your boss. If you're not in front of your boss, it's much harder to get a promotion. So it just makes getting promotions harder. So you're higher more laterally at, at a level rather than within the business. And and mm -hmm. fifth and probably the most important reason why it's bad for staff is it's it's the ultimate bait and switch. And there's no surprise that Facebook allows it because Facebook's the ultimate bait and switch business for their clients. But if you, I can hire you from Parramatta or from Brooklyn or from Frankston or from Brighton, I can hire that same role in Bangalore. If you're not coming into the office, you become much more commoditized. We'll talk about that in a second more. So from a staff perspective, you significantly risk commoditizing your role offshore. So there's no really no upside for, for team members. The only upside you hear from team members is, well, I like it because I travel less. Well, simply liking something. My, my kids, my five and seven-year-old love watching their iPad and eating chocolate. It doesn't mean it's good for them. So simply because the employees <laughs> like knocking up at five and watching Netflix doesn't mean it's good for them. And it told you why it's not. But we think from a business perspective, so it's, it's bad for the team. But what about for business? Okay, we, we talked about the lack of collaboration and, and lack of productivity. And I, I'm a pretty productive person myself. And I know when I was working from home, 
it's impossible not to, not to knock up at 4.30 and 5 o'clock and start making dinner or playing with the kids. It's just, you're there, it's proximate. So there's no doubt there's less, it's less productive, even for the best people. Uh-huh. But also become, you become a role, you get people who become role fillers, not people who are creative and collaborative. You simply do your job and you pick specific job and you move on to the next specific job. You're not trying to create extra value. So it's, that's another really key reason. But biggest reason, and, and this goes to your point on staff being an asset, in, in, and it's probably changing now as, as especially tech businesses are, are retrenching people left, right and centre, but certainly till a month ago when staff were incredibly hard to get. Problem with working from home is you're just commoditizing your staff. So if I've got a fantastic developer or, or product person or designer um, sitting at home, and I'm paying them 200 grand a year for argument's sake, or 150 grand a year. And Alassian or, or Canva come or Microsoft come and offer them 300 grand a year. Well, of course you're going to leave because you're getting paid double and you work from home either way. There's no difference. If I'm yeah. coming into the office and having a free lunch or playing table tennis or with friends and looking forward to it, you're actually differentiating yourself. So you're not commoditizing, differentiating. So yeah. one of the biggest yeah. reasons for, for, for employers as to why working from home is terrible, forgetting all the other stuff, getting the mental health reasons, the productivity reasons, promotion reasons, all that kind of stuff. You've been commoditizing your most important asset, which is your team. I don't want to commoditize my team. I'm not going to commoditize my actual product. Why well, I commoditize my team? So I want to make it. And there are always going to be some people who are just desperate to work from home. We're not talking about flexibility because some people need flexibility. single mum with three kids needs flexibility. So we're not talking about genuine flexibility. Need. We're talking about the 25 year old who lives three blocks away who simply finds it easier to work from home. Well, they can go work for the Victorian government who seems to not give it stuff about anything. But if you want to work for a the world's best travel business like us, well, we want a collaborative, intuitive, value-creating person. So yeah. naturally that will happen. We'll attract a certain type of person, a really talented type of person. And the people who, and I should add, we haven't lost a single person as a result of this, as a result wow. of yeah. um, really requesting for one or preferably five zero. So we have a great team and we've attracted that sort of team who loves coming to the office, loves being with people. And for the odd person down the track who wants to go work for state government, by all means, go work for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It's about lifestyle too, right? Because they're coming to the office and they're just a part of a whole ecosystem and they're feeding off each other and they're, they're trying to, I mean, there's the friendly competitive nature of staff too, where they're trying to be better than, than their, and, you know, and help their staff lift up as well, but, and then kind of show off to their boss in their, that, that they're doing good things in the office. Absolutely. 100%. Otherwise, it just yeah. becomes like you said. If they're sitting at home, they're just they're basically getting paid, and they're just ticking the boxes, going, "I've done my job today." But there's there's not that yeah. whole external environment. Exactly. And we've got some people who who we've hired people who, who work remotely. That's how we hired them, and it's just they live in Queensland, and they're fantastic at their job. So there are some roles, and it's often a, a contact centre role that that whilst we think it's probably better to be in the office, then it's you get ninety eight percent at home, and if because these people are so good, then it's actually okay. But we have high, and most of our team are Melbourne and or Sydney based. Uh, yeah. Because most of our team are here. We, and, and having a half full office or a half empty office is nothing worse. You're always better having it empty. So you need to get to that 70, 75% we think to create that buzz, that that hum mm. that really gener- that really creates that excitement. And we, that's what we try and do. And we try and make it, and that's an investment as well. To your earlier point, we, we now pay for upwards of a million dollars a year in, in lunches to and potentially dinners at some point to, to oh, wow. really it's not just a stick approach it's carrot and stick we want to we want to make people we want to um, create incentive people love to come to the office that we're, we're not the even saying come right? in you create yeah, a, a, they want to come to work exactly. adam how many staff does uh, luxury escapes 
have if we can we're ask that. Well, we're growing pretty quickly. We're over 400 globally now. So low yeah, cool. Okay. But yeah, some very good points made there. And um, as I say, I think the flexibility point is the important bit. And my, my daughter, I won't say where she works, but she has um, a couple of days uh, at home and a few, the rest is in the office. And she actually prefers in the office more, but just how mm. they're set up, they're required to, to do that for certain reasons that I won't go into. But so uh, her, her two... Her, Two days, she still lives at home. So her two days yeah. at home with mum and dad um, can sometimes be a bit annoying for her. Uh, so, so. Well, I, think, I think that point's right. I think, and we pre-COVID, we were always embraced flexibility. So if someone needed to pick the kids up from school or watch the athletics carnival or go to the doctor or whatever, then, then obviously you, 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 no one's changing yeah. the desk. And, and that no. well means like if somebody wants to work up to the office at 11 and work till eight, in, in a creative role, that's completely fine as well. Like, it's a bit harder in a contact centre role, but but certainly we we embrace flexibility, but that's different from permanently working from home. So yeah, we yeah. want people to be as flexible as they can be and as, as they need to be. Uh, but but knowing that the, that the general base is, is working from the office with 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 friends, with colleagues. And, and yep. if any, I don't think I've ever said, no, you can't go to the doctor. No, you can't watch your kids at least carnival. Like it's 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 100% yes in 12 years of business. Uh, but we said, but we will say we don't yeah. want someone to work from home if they can't come to the office. No, that's great. That's some really good uh, insight there because it's um, it is one of the, the 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 huge discussions and that whole topic of the great resignation that everyone talks about with staff mm. leaving for this particular reason. Um, but there's always two sides to the coin. So um, very very cool. Thanks. I, for think, I, think, that. I think you always get some people who who are desperate to work from home, and that's fine. They just probably won't work at a business like ours. There are plenty of businesses that embrace that. Yeah. And we think it's it's terrible for the team, and we think it's bad for the business. Other people disagree. Yeah. So we're, we're, we 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 don't claim to speak for others. So we think we'll just do yeah. what we think is best for our business, our stakeholders, and, and let other people make their own calls. In yep. in working from home, people's defence, um, some jobs can be a bit boring, and and they don't want to turn up. I mean, if I was an in a staff member of Luxury Escapes, I'd want to attend work every day because you guys are talking about travel and, and and fun stuff all the time it does make sense why everyone does want to rock up to luxury escapes to work you know but that like you said before if you worked in the government and you're just sitting in a cubicle maybe there, there is no difference between working at home and being in a cubicle i think yes and yes i think the only corollary though is you can make look at school like you've everybody had a great teacher and a terrible teacher the great teacher makes school five grade four teacher mr hannon who's he was everyone's favourite teacher, and he's still he's the principal these days. Uh, but he he would make otherwise very boring school amazing. We'd go for halfway through the day, we'd go for a run, we'd play footy. It, it made yeah, mass yeah. fun. Like he had the ability yeah. to make something ultimately incredibly mundane, incredibly fun, and great. So yeah, it's certainly easier for us at Luxury Escapes than it is for someone working in the Department of Human Services, no doubt. So yeah, yeah. that's not to say that DHS can't make it good; they just choose not to. For yeah, that's exactly. True. Yeah, that, that's that's that, that's a critical <laughs> point there. They choose not to. Uh, so yeah, but it's but I think you know um, the world that we live in now is in terms of what the internet has enabled us to do. We weren't having these conversations thirty years ago. Like True. You, there were no options. You, had, yeah. you, yeah. you turned up to work unless you were, you know. Actually, funnily, funnily enough, I mean, I'm someone that prefers to work from home, but I'm the business owner, so I can, I, I, that's <laughs> my choice, and that's how I've done it for twenty years. But I was influenced by 
Wilbur from Mr. Ed. So if you guys ever watched Mr. Yeah. Ed talking horse, uh, he was an architect and he worked from home in in in, in the barn with the horse. And I thought yeah. that's the coolest thing. He he gets to work from from his barn and do his drawings. And so I think uh, this Mr. Ed got influenced by that Mr. Ed. Um, exactly. anyway, but the, the great thing is it's a smorgasbord. We all, we all have these options now that we didn't have before. Exactly. And a company, obviously a company has to do it how they want to do it. Uh, and if the person who's joining that company doesn't fit, then they don't fit and you you find someone else and they go and do it somewhere else. Exactly. So yeah, it's just... I think I think it's a win-win at the end of the day for everyone if they can make it work. So that's, that's very, and very And the moral cool. of the story is staff are one of your company or business's most important assets, just like... The domain name in the brand. Uh, very much. Like if you look at our balance sheet, we've balance sheet of most e-commerce or online marketplace businesses. There's not many assets, not many hard assets on there. There's cash, and that's kind of it. So, uh, yeah. very much the investment bank, uh, investment like bank line. Your, your your main asset leaves the lifts every night. And very much, if you look at our look at our two great, call it economic goodwill, as Warren Buffett would say, it's it's the trust of our customers and the trust of our suppliers. So it's a relationship we have with customers that someone comes to Luxury Escapes and knows that we're going to buy what they're getting. That's from 10,000 public reviews, from, from millions of purchases, from lots of word of mouth. So it's how do you create that goodwill? And then how do you create the other economic goodwill is that, that hotels and tour companies and, and, and airlines trust us to sell their product in a really yeah, beautiful yeah. way. So it's, that's our economic goodwill that creates the value, it creates our profitability. And, and what creates that goodwill is, is an incredible team. It's the 400 people who are building the website, who are speaking to hotels every day, who are speaking to customers every day, who are working on, on the business. Without that team, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty shallow asset. So absolutely, yeah. our, our assets are coming up. Now. Our, dev, our development team, which is over 100 now, developed dev product wow. um, uh, design, is, I think it's about 105 now. It was 30 wow. pre-COVID. That's a... That's an incredibly expensive team to build and to train yeah. and, to, and to train into the way we think. We've got one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country. We get people out of Atlassian, people out of AWS, who say these are incredible businesses. Just say, yeah. we've got a better yeah. team. Uh, so we're, we're trying to build the world's most beautiful travel product, a travel super app. So we've got a team of 100 plus people working on that. That is, that these people, a lot of these guys can go off $100,000 from some of these US venture back, maybe less so now in the last month, but certainly to a month ago, we're getting offers by 500, it will stay, stay with us. And then what's, mm -hmm. how do we create that? And we, I think the word culture is probably used, overused, but how do you create that culture where people love to come to work and are willing to work and want to work with you rather than get paid a heap more at some faceless US business? Who's it's not always about the money for sure. That's, that's a misnomer. It's, um, there's so many more as, uh, aspects to what makes a, a great place to work. And, Often people yeah. will take less money to go and work for a particular place that has a, that better culture. So, um, yeah. so how would you describe Adam your ideal customer? Like, what, who, who is the, the 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 person, the avatar per se that you're seeing that's turning up to use your business's products and services? It's who, who changed over the years. Yeah, it's changed. Mm -hmm. and it's, I've certainly changed post COVID as well. For, assuming we're in post COVID now, uh, but historically. If you look at the sort of 2012 to 2018, 17, it was very much the call it cashed up, um, not retiring necessarily, but 60 plus kids aren't dependent anymore. They may still live at home, they're not dependent, you're paying the private school fees or even just the, the yeah. public school fees. Uh, it's that it's that sort of call it Fairfax reader, um, 60 minutes watcher, 
but, but a pretty broad range. So we've got customers that cover a relatively wide um, socioeconomic um, trajectory there. But, but very much if you look at the classic, it's at 65 years old, maybe okay. have a small business or have a small business that churns out a bit of money, uh, plenty of time. So I can travel a couple of times a year and also travel outside school holidays can make it a bit easier, but not necessarily. We're, we're very busy during those middle school holidays. But but yeah, so it's that classic sort of 60, 60, to, so 60 to 75 years old, um, putting disposable income, not paying for kids anymore. But we have now, certainly since COVID, that that cohort, they're starting to travel again now, but they've been a little bit, probably understandably, a little bit more nervous to travel. And it's very much the sort of court 35 mm-hmm. to 60 now, but they've really seen some growth. Uh, look at destinations like Bali and, and uh, Singapore again. I've got, I'm 42, so I get, I'm sort of right in that cohort. I'm, I'm getting sort of messages and calls every day from someone asking about holiday advice and where should they go and can they buy from us? So it's really ramped up in the last sort of court three, four weeks. Uh, but, and it is a okay. bit younger. Um, so I think that we're waiting for the court, the older demo to come back hard. And this has partly insurance rate as well, because we're fixing our insurance policy to cover up to unlimited. So that's happening soon. But uh, with COVID, it's a little bit, a little bit more tricky for, especially someone who's maybe 75 with some, preconditions so that's coming okay. coming back a little bit more slowly but overall we're kind of double pre-covid sales now so the Fantastic. overall business has just come right yeah, back right. and that's been really a, a broader demographic spread has, has, has allowed that so to answer your question it was 60 plus and now it's probably dropped off dropped like uh, younger yeah okay you, you think soon an avalanche is going to come of travelers because you know people want to get out again it's really yeah. happening now. And not only that, so yeah. Australia's full. So try and book a place in Noosa in June, like nothing, literally nothing comes up in Expedia and booking yeah. or last wherever. Um, so A, Australia's full. B, Australia's expensive. I've been to one of great mm. mates, Jewel Spark, who runs uh, a fantastic business. And the price, people are paying $1,000 plus for a leading room in Palm Cove, Port Douglas over June, July. Yeah. $1,000 a night. We're selling yeah. Kapinski, probably Asia, one of Asia's most magnificent resorts in Bali for, with with a dinner that costs 100 bucks per person and breakfast costs 70 bucks per person and massage and transfers for 500 bucks a night. So would you rather be getting a thousand bucks for a tiny room in Palm Cove or 500 bucks with dinner uh, and breakfast and transfers and massages in, in Bali, one of the best resorts in, in Asia. So yeah. people are pretty smart. Australians are pretty smart. They, they see value pretty quickly and we've seen a massive flip from, of people booked in, they booked in, but post June, July, People are really looking internationally and they want to travel. They want to travel overseas again. Australia's yeah, yeah. great, but it's, it's, you've done it. We've done it for the last two years. It's time yeah, to get back yeah. to nowadays in Singapore and Bali and Thailand and Vietnam and Europe and U- US. There's, there's a lot of places people haven't been to for the last couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the fact that Rob and I are both in Perth, um, Bali is, a, well, before COVID, it was like people would go to Bali probably more than they go down south to Margaret River or yeah, places probably. like that. It was it was actually cheaper to, yeah. to go to Bali, to get on a plane, fly there, have a yeah. five-star experience <laughs> than some, start, staying somewhere locally. So, uh, of course, it that option again. was... Yeah. And and, and, better now. Like, it's there's no traffic. So you can go from Shangu to Nusta in 15 minutes, not two hours. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Got to go that's, back. That's yeah. very cool. Um, and Singapore, you mentioned as well, because we, we're sort of Perth again, we're sort of directly exactly. up to, yeah. to Singapore. Uh, do, do you find you do a lot of Singapore uh, business from the Eastern States as well? A lot of people booking yeah, flights well, pre COVID, Singapore was a really big, even though it was obviously not a huge landmass. It was a big, and then during COVID, they were, they were pretty um, pretty tight with the restrictions. So that took a bit longer to come back. So Fiji came back last yep. year. 
PJ went crazy yes. last year. It was massive. Oh, right. Okay. And then, and then Omicron came and then Bali went crazy in February and Bali still is going is, is incredible. Oh, but wow. Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia, Vietnam, Hong Kong, been a bit slower. And Singapore, mm-hmm. within the last two weeks, is, is the ease restrictions back to normal pretty much now. So you get kept up with Singapore. Uh, I think there's no testing. Um, it's pretty much as normal, pretty much as pre-COVID. So now, and Singapore has had an incredible result over the weekend with Regent Singapore, which is a great property. And Singapore is back pretty much as, as much as pre-pandemic. So Thailand's probably got a little bit, Thailand's good, no, no testing in there, but it's not quite pre-pandemic yet, but we think it's probably a month away. Uh, but Singapore is back. Bali is absolutely back. Fiji is absolutely back. Maldives is, is never, never left. Oh, wow. um, a question, you, do you have an affiliate program by any chance for your business or not? We uh, we uh, <laughs> we do, but it's 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 not as developed as we'd like it to be. So we just uh, actually brought on a new okay. of affiliates last week. Uh, we're working on it significantly. We hope to have a fantastic affiliate business in the next, in the next six months. Excellent. We'll have to talk. I mean, I, I own a lot of, I own things like visitsingapore.com.au and travelsingapore.com.au and stuff like that. So yeah, um, we'll, we'll have to talk. We'll have to work those domain some, names. Yeah. I've got some That's good awesome. travel brands too. So you does. Yeah, Rob's you got some awesome ones. I'll affiliate to yeah. you guys too. I'm sure there's a yeah. lot of people out there with good domain names that'll, that'll let us know exactly. in six months when, it, when your affiliate programs. Yeah, made. well, Sam's just started, so she's absolutely open to business now. So we're, we're hoping to build that up. But we've, okay. we've always been a business that, that love affiliates, but just haven't been infrastructurally set up to go hard with it because there is a bit of work you got to do. There is, yeah, right, yeah. As you guys know. So we have yeah. the best value product in the world. So we tend to go pretty well. Our Flash product, which is our legacy product, so our barley, our thing, all that kind of stuff, it's sort of 30 to 40% off pricing compared to booking.com and Expedia. So yeah. you'd be, and wow. now we've got a marketplace product that's an always on product. That, so you can, one of our, so as good as Flash is, you can't get coverage everywhere the whole time. So we've backed that up with a second tier of marketplace. So you can go to London, New York, wherever, still get same pricing as booking, but free breakfast and a free nightly cocktail, for example, or free transfer or whatever, or free upgrade. So we yeah. can now, we're not just, we're not just the business where we used to be, where we get the incredible deals, but still is the majority of our business. We're now got probably, a third of our business and growing is an always on platform, which is the best value always on platform in the world. So if you want to go to Dubai or Maldives or Thailand or Bali, we don't have exactly what you want in flash. There's still hundreds of properties you can buy, which is still better value than booking. So crazy go to booking.com and you get the same thing I've asked with free breakfast. Well, uh, there we go. Well, on, 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 um, on that note, I think I know I'm going to be using luxury escapes from now on. So yeah, um, hopefully. That's fan- that's fantastic. Yeah, that's look. It's I love hearing a local success story. Um, mm. Obviously, it's taken a shitload of work to get it to yeah. where it is. Uh, yeah, and and for explaining managed- that as well. We love hearing that stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, and managing four hundred staff, and oh, that's a that's a, a process in itself that most people probably can't even conceive of what that's like. Oh, it's funny. Um, it's, um- Obviously, we've been through the whole journey and had multiple businesses, but it's much easier with 400 staff than it was with 10. Uh, it yeah, gets, wow. We've got a much, we've got an incredible ELT, incredible exec team, incredible senior leadership team. So we're now, what, what we're really focused on the last couple of years, how do we bring in the best people we can uh, to have an, just an incredible team? So I'm not, I used to be on the tools, I used to be on customer service emails and everything every day and all that kind of stuff. And now, yeah. I mean, not to, I'm not doing nothing, but I, I, and like any founders always sort of, in the details, but much less so than I was three or four years ago. Well, that, that's so the whole point, right? That's why you put like the six, seven hardcore years in. Um, we have done all the, the hard work, paid your dues, so to so to speak. You want it to 
to um, look after you in the future. 100%. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we're um, almost at the top of the hour and uh, it's been an awesome session with you, Adam. We greatly appreciate you coming on, mate. And Rob, do you have any other questions uh, that you'd like to ask Adam while we have his attention? I think we've we've got enough gold here. Um, I reckon we should have Adam back on down the track. Anytime, boys. I've got to make up for last week's uh, no-show. So, no, no, don't, don't sweat it, mate. Don't, that's all good. Um, but, yes, we will have you back on. So 100% and uh, down, down the track. We've got to get Gabby back on as well for an update. Yeah, exactly. um, and and uh, we, we noticed that uh, au was bought by Woolworths last week for 240 yeah. mil. 230 or something. Odd, yeah. 230, 240. Sean, Sean, who runs, is a lovely guy. So always really happy to see some of the good guys do well. So great work yeah. him and Paul and Paul. And, the team who've done a really good job in a really competitive space. So great. Yeah. Here. And it seemed like a, a quick amount of time too. I'm sure there was much more time than I was seeing, but it seemed like yeah. they really sort of, the, the the name just started getting out there, my deal come to And then all of a sudden it's sold the Woolies. I go, shit, that was fast. Yeah. Um, it's a great story. And good on them. So great, great work to Sean. I see him around, yeah. the, around the corner from me. So I well, he, he, he might be someone we can get on the show as well. So we'll I'm maybe sure. get his contact, sure. contact from, from you. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. Have Makes a sense. have a super day. Uh, thanks, thanks Likewise. for all. Um, and Adam, Adam. Uh, if you haven't thanks, subscribed to our podcast, please oh, hit the subscribe on. Um, um, yeah. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit subscribe. Uh, followers on the other platforms, we appreciate you as the, the the listener and watcher tuning in to see awesome people like Adam come on the show. So um, thanks again, and we'll see you on the thanks. next episode. Cheers. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Ed. Bye. Bye.